Chapter 1 It was three in the morning on July 5th, 1975, and I was just falling asleep when the phone rang in my Memphis hotel room. Mick Jagger was on the line, and he was slurring his words. Listen, he said, I'm with two girls, and they've got a cute guy with them, and I'm trying to get a girl for him because he's lonesome. He's not here right now. He's got his own room. I just thought you might be interested. I declined. Well, he said, not skipping a beat, who should we call? He's 30 years old, and he's not bad looking. He's American, and he just wants a little company. I've got the room list in front of me. He proceeded to run down the names of all the women on that 1975 summer tour, picked someone, and suggested I call her girl to girl. I told him he should call. He said that would make him a hustler. We talked some more. He said they wouldn't have to fuck, they could just rap. His word, not mine. We hung up. I went back to sleep. I will always remember 1973 as the year that Eugene from Sinandra ruined my summer because he cut my hair too short. That summer, I also met Mick Jagger for the first time. It was at Nassau Coliseum at an Eric Clapton concert. I knew Richard Cole from Traveling with Led Zeppelin. He was Eric's tour manager, and he placed me at the side of the stage. Mick was there, too, and within minutes he sidled, there is no other word for it, over to me, and in a very high, campy, Monty Pythonish voice said, Jimmy Page was wearing a pink satin jacket. This was how I knew he had read things I wrote, either in the British Music Weekly, the New Musical Express, or my Eleganza column in Cream magazine. To him, I said that his shoes, sequin-covered papagallos, or more likely rapettos, were tacky. Later that night, after Eric's show, Mick, Eric's manager, Robert Stigwood, Richard Cole, and I hung out at the Plaza Hotel's Oak Bar and gossiped for hours, mostly about how Mick wouldn't share his costume ideas with David Bowie. By 1975, I had traveled with and written about Led Zeppelin. The New Musical Express was read by all the English musicians and, more importantly, because their children were musicians, their parents. The bands, Zeppelin especially, wanted their families to know how big they were in America. I also spent many, many nights in the winter of 1974 at CBGB's with Patti Smith, the Ramones, and television, writing about the scenes behind what was always incorrectly referred to as the New York punk rock scene. Having one foot in the big-time Led Zeppelin camp and all the access and trust that had come with it, and the other foot in deep at CBGB's is, I am certain, what made me different as a music journalist. Also, I wasn't a critic. I wrote gossipy columns and conducted interviews. This was somewhat of a rarity in the early 1970s when rock journalism was in its infancy and mostly populated by boys who had ambitions to become the next Norman Mailer. In 1975, Mick Jagger was concerned— The English press had called the Stones, along with the Who and the Faces, a dinosaur band. The fact that the Stones had carted Lee Radswell, Truman Capote, and Andy Warhol around the country with them on their 1972 tour didn't help. That tour, which became known as the Stones' Jet Set Tour, positioned the band, who just four or five years prior had been considered rebels, as aging rockers. Then... While he claimed otherwise, Mick was ever mindful of the press and public opinion. He wanted to appear in touch, 
Jane Rose, now Keith Richards' longtime manager, was, at that time, working for the Stones' tour manager, Peter Rudge. She recommended to Mick that I help him navigate the rock press. Mick was determined that the 1975 tour of the Americas, which affectionately became known as Toda, be different. He got Giorgio Sanangelo to design his costumes, and indeed, costumes they were. The Broadway stage and lighting designers Jules Fisher and Robin Wagner, who had done the production for David Bowie's Diamond Dogs tour, helped design the band's elaborate stage. And he stole the makeup artist Pierre LaRoche away from David Bowie. In 1975, when punk was peaking, just having a makeup person on tour, unless you were Bowie or deeply involved with the fading glam rock scene, was telling. In May 1975, the band pretended to spontaneously...